Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. Um, God, football is so close. It's kind of already here, but it is so close. Um, and I'm actually into preseason games for the first time ever. Uh, the pros, it's like 17 games regular season. I think it's uh, it's so competitive now that like even... Even those players vying for a spot are playing harder and making it more interesting. Uh, also, the Hard Knocks franchise has made preseason more interesting. And, you know, they, they throw a bone. They give it to a, HBO covers a team in the preseason, you know, hidden camera or unhidden camera. This year it's the Lions, so they're throwing them a bone. Um, some t- sometimes it's a team. I think like when they did the Bengals twice, um, they were in the hunt for the playoffs and stuff but uh with the lions it's a little different Ooh, i'm really risking it like what if they go to the super bowl and win it or just go or just go to the playoffs and win a game then i look really foolish for my uh thousands of listeners um look i love baseball but it's too long a season you know and i think the playoffs should just be in august like have it have it wrap up now because now you're done i mean anyway but they're just starting probably in uh, about 30 games, so a month. But a little cold-weather baseball is nice, so I don't know what you're going to do there. Um, soccer, American MLS, is going to start maybe having playoffs in uh, August, I don't know. Or maybe August will just be prep or just time with family. I don't know, fill it. Or don't, why do I care? The NBA starts too soon, I know that. Um, the NBA to me is more interesting in the off season. And, and I'm glad the Warriors are good because they do demonstrate teamwork in a league that is filled with divas. You know, um, but NBA is like, it's a, like Desperate Housewives. They're not Desperate Housewives, but the real housewives of the NBA. But it's the real basketball athletes of the NBA. Uh, just the trades and the rumors and nobody gets along. And there's only five people to get along with, but they still can't get along with each other uh you know those those pictures those shots from the 70s and 80s are just so classic i saw one with um will chamberlain i think going up against bill russell or something dave cowens maybe no uh it was just so classic the lighting the floor the coloring the uh the camera film um the uniforms the bodies the slit now it's like baggy pants and tattoos and complaining and people are wearing pants underneath their, their basketball shorts like sweats I, I don't know what they're uh, I'm also older and never played basketball so who cares um, but baseball should be in the playoffs by now right what are we talking about what is this episode episode 96 um, the World Cup is in the Middle East this year uh, so they had to move it toward November otherwise it would have been too hot uh, and now it sucks that it's during football season but I'll still watch it. I love it. Those early mornings, you know, you're watching a match in Europe or whatever, and uh, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and you're having a beer. I think Paddy's Station, P-A-D-D-Y-S, Paddy's Station, is a good spot in San Juan Capistrano to watch soccer matches at 6 a.m. with a beer. But I just love that. I love that, I love that it's that early. But uh, I do prefer it when it's in the summer. It gives you something to go with. I should be reading more anyway. But I love football. I just love it, you know. College, pro, the pageantry, 
Um, forever it was college more than pro. I loved college for a long time more than pro. The players were hungrier, it seemed. And, uh, you know, they didn't get the money and stuff. But also what I liked about college uh, was all the um, different colleges, the towns, the traditions, and the pros that just seemed too businesslike. But I don't know. Now pros seem to have been around long enough. There's fan bases that are pretty great. You know, Pittsburgh and uh, Green Bay stand out. Um, Dallas Cowboys, the Chiefs, those are good things. Raiders are insane. I don't know, man. I don't know about the Redskins commanders. It's just when you change like that, you really change an identity. They did it with the Cleveland Indians. They're now called the Guardians. And it's just, it's not really an indigenous feel. It's like a video game feel. And I don't know if that goes with your traditional fans. Um, you change uniforms, you change cities, uh, you change mascots like that. It, it messes with people because it's one thing they have, you know, especially the blue collar or the light blue collar, dark white collar, I like to call it, that are maybe office employees. Like I was at Sealand, but you're still, you know, out on the docks or you're still, uh, you know, loading trucks in some capacity. I like the balance of pro. I like that there's people from small colleges, big colleges. Uh, there were big names in college that play, and then there's people come out of nowhere to play in pro. Uh, there's just balance, you know. Player caps, different teams are good, more so than any other sport, except for, like, Belichick. He's, he's, he's the one that's kept. I don't know that a team's ever been rele relevant for 20 straight years. We'll see, though. This could be a drop-off year. So I like pro. I like them both. College has gotten a little too messy, um, but what are you going to do? The playoffs. Um, and uh, now you got NIL. We'll see how that how that works. It's still going to be about your Belichicks, though. It's still going to be about your savings and who can keep players coming in good, incentivized, hungry, all that stuff. Um, I have written here too much hypocrisy in college. In college football or in college? I don't know why I wrote that. Um, I'll be loving on Ohio State this year. Uh, we got an SM kid on the D-line, Hero Manu. He's going to have a career post-football as well, it seems. Um, great smile, great energy, maturity, quickness. Uh, German. His mom's a tall German uh, woman from Germany. His father's a black man. Um, so he's mixed, black and white which we need to be doing more of anyways, especially in this country. But he's a big guy. He's quick. He's agile. He'll get playing time, and I'm excited for him. He's a great guy. And then I think um, USC will be interesting too. I, I think 8-4 and four this, first, this first season, but an exciting 8-4, and four, not a sleepy 10-2. and two. Uh, Let's see. Am I still talking about football? That's not even the title of this episode. I am... Um, I'm disgusted by the Talib brothers, T-A-L-I-B. You know, I, I've liked that guy because he was a Bronco and he was a uh, Ram and he was a uh, Patriot. I think he played in the Super Bowl for all those teams. He won one or two, I think. I know he won at least one. Um, and I know he was kind of a uh, controversial guy, had a mouth. Um, but this is ridiculous. You know, this shooting that happened a week ago. From what I've read, it's so beyond pointless that it's one of those situations you stop reading or thinking about because it's so it's such a pointless death and it's so avoidable. And you're like, I, I can't even 
um, waste my time emotions uh, on this. Uh, an upstanding father shot while coaching a little league football game because of some play and an argument about a ruling that a ref made and Talib and or his brother start arguing with the other team's coach and the ref and they come off the sideline. They're not coaches of the other team. They got kids on one team. They come off the sideline, one pulls a gun and shoots the other team's coach who is an upstanding member of society. All these good things are coming out of, out about him. It's unbelievable uh, what's been said. Well-loved man, father, killed, very gross. Um, yeah, one of those things where justice doesn't even matter. It's like lock the guy up for life or whatever. You just ruin your own life. And what good is a lifetime in prison going to even do, right? You've killed a man. A family has lost a father and a husband. Um, looks like he was a badass. Looks like he would have taken Talib, Talib's brother in a throwdown, like if it were without the guns. It's very depressing. Um, I don't know if he'll get off or what will happen if it's for some reason some kind of financial buyout. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe Talib goes, here's $20 million or $10 million or whatever he can afford. Keep my brother out of jail. The family doesn't press charges, which can happen. And then it doesn't even go to court. I, th I don't know if it goes to court either way. But I do know that if the family doesn't press charges, that he can get out. Because otherwise, that family, what's the difference, right? They're like, no, let him out. We get money. And who cares if this guy's in jail or not? Because um, if he goes to jail, that family necessarily doesn't get money. I don't know. There's civil suits too, right? Okay. And with all that hype and the NFL season coming up in a week, which uh, I'm excited about, let's jump right in to um a word from our sponsor guys i'd like to go a third of the way in maybe a fourth guys whether you live in hollywood or anywhere in the world check out this company and get your script looked at scriptpipeline.com unless you want to hold it up on a pedestal where it will never be seen punched up critiqued looked at considered etc submit it not only do you get good seasoned eyes on your script but they are located in los angeles with they're located everywhere really but primarily in L.A. with industry contacts and very reasonable rates. They'll work with you on that. I know it's hard to let people see your work, but this is who you want seeing your work. This is the next step. You know what I mean? It's so easy to have a backup plan and a plan B and like what if, what if. Let yourself be vulnerable. Let someone see your work. Whatever it is, right? It's writing. It's painting. It's uh what other uh, instrument, whatever. Uh, they help. This company, Script Pipeline, helps get your work exposure. It helps secure deals, acquire representation. Uh, you get a manager, agent, publicist in your corner, right? Talent booker. It helps establish relationships within the business. It helps sell projects. It helps you get connected. Script Pipeline is joined by Film Pipeline, Book Pipeline, and Pipeline Artists, a new platform to educate and inspire emerging creatives. Branching out, guys, doing all kinds of pipelines. That's what it's about. Harvard has a pipeline, right? All the way through show business, all the way through Wall Street. USC has one out here, probably the two most powerful, USC and Harvard's. West Coast, East Coast. Really, Harvard's probably extends all over the world. NYU, impressive. B, uh, Penn State, huge alumni base. Uh, the biggest, I think. I can't, I can't imagine what having going to school at, at A&M or the University of Texas does. They have their their alumni group is called the Texas X's, isn't that funny and clever? 
and they've got about 400 540,000 living alumni Texas does so watch if NIL if NIL if it's about hiring athletes and paying athletes that school can come up with a lot of money so I think you're going to see LSU climb because you got a good coach with good talent with Brian Kelly and I think you're going to see Texas climb they're just going to buy their way buy their way in and uh, who knows we'll see what Oklahoma can do in SC anyway script pipeline is the link uh you know don't need to move to hollywood to follow this dream especially nowadays it's just yeah it's just not i don't know man maybe it's my age maybe it's my uh what's in my rearview mirror but uh script pipeline best of both worlds get get your art get get your art looked at your creativity looked at and you don't have to go to hollywood chase your dream and do it from home right scriptpipeline.com okay what about a girl in russian jail for cannabis i just have that written here there's nothing after that look she they're what they give her nine years they give her nine years so that they can so that we can bargain and have to give more to get it down to one year we'll just have to bargain our asses off to get it down to one they knew she's only going to do one or so or something hopefully one or two but maybe they made it that high so that we have to give more to get her out uh she wasn't gonna sell who does she know there they're nailing her with intent to distribute she barely brought any it's not enough to sell but why bring any at all okay in the states it's all fun and games and like hey this is cute and like on my rights and this once you leave the states man it's a different like i don't know if you don't have friends or advisors or coaches or 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 other athletes to go now let's not mess around here aren't there assistant coaches that are like yeah we don't want to mess around with this is she too young i mean we're learning our lessons from other countries for our young people because uh i don't know even i think i think we're spoiled all the way i've worked in uh private high schools i've worked in public junior high substitute taught and i'm like yeah you're persecuted and you're you get to slide both in the wrong way like there's not a lot of tough love right people like oh no you have something out for me no i don't just being tough on you to get the most out of you because i love you but it's interpreted wrong so we just what do we do we just take our foot off the gas on all these things um anyway fascinating i uh i was i was driving this is a real bummer i was driving and uh this past week we're halfway through this I lapsed, man, for a second. I lapsed at the wheel, and I rolled into a car on a downhill slope. And that car went into another car. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? It took a second because I was looking down. I was in the middle console. I had a pair of sunglasses, but I'm like, don't I have another pair? And I, and I looked in there. I didn't even need to go in there. And I must have taken my foot off the gas, though I'm not convinced that the car behind me didn't bump me because it's a little... I have a little mark on the back of my car, but uh, I don't know. Um, and it was just you're out of it. I slammed into this car, and I just kept like going. I kept driving it into the. Uh, it takes you a second to realize, and I'm like, "What's going on? Like, why am I not stopping?" And while you're realizing, you're driving the car in front of you into the next car. It's at a stoplight, and thank God people are okay. Thank God they were cool. I still don't know what it was, man. I mean, I was looking. It's just frustrating. Like, why was I even down there looking for sunglasses? Just looking for this old pair. Um, and I must have taken my foot off the brake. But whatever. 
I just felt like an old man. I'm like, what did I do? It's very jarring because you're like, what? Hoping I wasn't going to have a heart attack in my sleep. Thankfully, I'm insured. Other guys were insured. I'm up, I'm insured up to twenty five thousand. It's really not that much, I don't think. But uh, get insurance, guys. Um, and the two cars in front of me. I mean, I'm fine. It's been a week and a half now, and filled out a claim and everything. Now I'm just going to start paying premiums out the ass. But that day and that night, you're just like, I'm so irresponsible. You know, it was daytime. I was on my way to pavilions. So I'm glad I wasn't on my way to a party or from a party. That's bad. Um, so I was down for a while, but at the same time, forces me to focus forward. You know, uh, wakes you up a little bit, gets you off your ass. Okay. But once those premiums start coming, then that'll put me back on my ass. So uh, back from Arizona, I drove there to get my mom, drove her back here, and uh, we are back in SoCal. The driving isn't bad once you're there. Oh, right, because I had two flights canceled. I had two flights there canceled because of monsoon seasons. So it's like, like, can you just get here? I'm like, can you just get here somehow? Because I have to get there and then drive six hours. And at this point, we're almost at the hottest part of the summer anyway. Um, but I'm glad she can get away from the Arizona hot box. It's a change of pace for her, which is always good for anybody. Um, it's like a vacation because she doesn't really take vacation. We never went on vacations as kids, ever. We did road trips, so I guess that counts. But we never flew anywhere. We never went to Hawaii. We never went to Mexico. Um, went back to Michigan, Ohio like twice since we left in 84. We could have easily gone back if we flew. Could have gone back once or twice a year, which would have been good. We had so many friends there, so many family, and we just let that all go. We couldn't fly. By the time we got older, we got older and went back. My sister went back there for college. By the time we all got older, the magic was gone, right? People didn't remember us, or it was like, oh, yes, very few people. Um, but when someone doesn't fly, you're all put to the test. Um, and then you just have to think, okay, look what this person did for us in life. And you're like, oh, okay, that was a lot. She managed three of our teams. She managed sports. You wouldn't think so if you knew my mother. Uh, two of my brother's baseball games, one of my sister's softball, I'm sorry, two of my brother's baseball teams and one of my sister's softball teams. Um, and my sister was so good. She had to play with Dennis and I for years and got good, got great. I should say he got good from playing with her. She got good from playing with me. I don't know. Age difference, three years, maybe playing with my friends. They were on a little league team in Michigan. It was like a Bedford League t-ball team. And I'd hang out and watch practices. My mom would drop us all off. And I was hanging out. And their coach would have me be a base coach at first. He'd be like, hey, my man, can you coach first base for me? And I loved it. And I was 10 years old. And it means Kate was probably seven. Dennis was five. And it was awesome. And he was stoked. I was stoked. He was getting three for one with the Keens. He loved the fam. And they went undefeated. They might have lost one. It was like 30 games. It was so many games. Um, I think I think they went undefeated. I'm not sure. I remember yelling at my brother and sister once when they messed up. So inappropriate. Who am I? Um, I wasn't as good at them, but I'm yelling at them for some reason, trying to get the most out. wonder where I got that. I think I was pretty unhappy as a kid. I hope I've worked through some of that. Um... I mean, whatever, right? It was uh, this. The title of this is just going to be all over the place. 
I was going to title this um, Rear Ender, <laughs> but uh, I'm all over the place here. Uh, so, yeah, my mom coach managed them in some teams and whatever. All this was prologue. Us on the same t-ball team while me coaching base, first base, not third, because more people reach first, not as many get to third, you know, obviously. Um, the inning dies. People get out. All that was prologue to us winning the national championship together in the summer of 1997. Um, especially Katie was so tough. Just nothing sticking to her. She just brushes it off, just like life. Some people have that. Um, she definitely has that grit and toughness of my dad. Weirdly, my special needs brother Danny has it too, which I can see now in later years. I didn't realize it before, but the stubbornness, just toughness, the will. The will. That's what it is, will. Um, this podcast, what it should be, is me interviewing everyone from that 1997 Margaritaville Smoothies softball team over and over again. There were 27 different people that played for the team that summer. God, what what an insane podcast that would be. Just listen, there's this guy that interviews people from his softball team from 25 years ago. Yeah, he interviews uh, people that played on that team. There's 27 different pl players. Some played one game, like five, maybe 10 of them played only one game. And he just interviews them over and over about that summer and about that team and about that season. And, you know, he gets to he, he gets to each one of them about three, maybe four times a year. Right? I'm sorry, 20, tw twice a year, 27, 52. Wow. So I do each one of them twice a year. But I'm one of them, too, so I interview myself. Um, that softball team took a ton of trial and error before we got it down to about 15 players. Um, what's funny <coughs> is that the last game and Josh and Dennis – my brother and Josh Frey um, will be interested in this. I don't know if they'll remember. That last game we had, we had to use a girl at catcher who hadn't played on the team all year, but she was just there watching. Uh, she was there with the Bicker girls just to watch. She was El Toro. And our, our catcher, Carly, who was a friend of Megan's, uh, she was a friend of Megan, she was a friend of my sister's, played volleyball. She was in the early game that day. It was a doubleheader. I think it was two straight weekends of doubleheaders, single elimination. And we'd won the first two the weekend before, and then we came back and won the early game. And then um, so we'd won three straight playoff games. We were on like an eight-game win streak. We had to win like five or six just to be eligible. And then we, we win the play-in and then like three straight playoff games. And then we show up the final day, and it's a, it, there's four teams left, the final four we're going to play in one day. And Carly was a friend of through volleyball of my sisters and Megan's. And she had a friend who was on the California Angels. And I think that guy's dad, um, that guy's dad played left field for the Houston Astros back in the 70s and early 80s. I'm blanking. It's a Latino name. Um, Julio, uh, he's a great player for the Astros. He had a big fro. It was great. But I think his son was an angel. And... California Angels, that's what they're called at the time, and what they should still be called. They're being sold, and part of the reason there, too, is you're, you're calling yourself the Anaheim of Los Angeles. That's another. You can't do that, guys. Cleveland Browns were so smart to be like, okay, Modell, you're moving? Take it all. We want the Browns mascot, label, uniforms, colors, all that. And they were able to maintain. 
these other teams, it's like, you know, San Diego's up here now, and it's weird. And the Anaheim of California, Los Angeles Angels. There's more Yankee fans in L.A. than there are Angel fans. Angel fans are all in Orange County. There's more Cubs fans in Los Angeles than there are Angel fans in Los Angeles. There's more Red Sox fans in L.A. than there are Angels fans. You don't see Angel hats anywhere in Los Angeles. Yet, you're claiming this city. It's just not good. It's not good. And you got two great players that are going to make it through their entire career without a World Series. Or even close. Anyway, um, so Carly has this friend that's going to... Julio Arriba. Oh, man. It's going to drive me crazy because it's a simple name. Such a gringo. Uh, So Carly had a friend on the team who was going to start that day for the Angels or get some playing time. I think he was a pitcher. A friend of hers from college or whatever. So she's like... I'm going to go to that. Like, that's a good friend. This is a big deal. And I'm like, that's a big deal. I'm like, this is a big deal. We're going to win a champ. We're going to play in a championship game here. You know, you've known what we've been through all summer. Um, but I didn't even need to get to that point. Cause she's like, maybe Carrie or Nisi can play for me. Carrie was the girl that the Bickert girls brought. Martin Monica brought Carrie. They're all El Toro chargers together. Carrie stepped right into a championship game. She showed up not knowing what she's doing that weekend. Go, okay, I'll watch a morning softball game. Goes, we win, we advance, we need her out of the stands. And it was kind of perfect. It was like she, she stepped out, Carrie stepped in. Um, I think she'd played softball with my sister 10 years before that off Alicia, Hudson's Grill, you know. Um, her little brother and my little brother had definitely played baseball together on the Minor Sea Tigers. In North Mission Viejo, they were the American League. South Mission Viejo was the uh, National League teams. So Carrie steps into that championship game, and we dominate. And the final score was, I think, only 8-3, to but it felt like more. You know why? I'll tell you. Because that team had put 20 runs on us earlier in the season. And it felt so good to beat them. We beat the perfect team for us to beat for the title. It was poetic justice. It was lovely. They were terrible people. So to go from giving up 20 runs to holding them to three was amazing. They were devastated. And we didn't even use our last ups, or we could have scored, you know, five more runs. Their spirits were broken uh, by three plays that day in particular, and I'm going to take you through all three of them. Mainly the first two, which were the first two plays of the game. The f- not the first two at-bats. It was the first two plays of the game. So almost 60 seconds into the game, this is what happened. Line drives, frozen ropes. I think Megan Morris, who was playing second base, got the first one. It was a line drive and I think grounder. And she backhanded it. It should have been up the middle, but she got there backhanded over to first, over to Monica Bicker, like first play of the game, I think. And they got one out. It's like, whoa, they're like, oh. And then another person gets up and lasers one. And I remember thinking, okay, they got a base runner. Uh, Marta Bickert playing third, hold that line, right? And just catches it, no problem, around the horn. And in two pitches, it was 0-2. And these were two laser hits, and, and, and you felt the wind leave their sails. It was just like, whoa, like, we're, there's already two outs. Like, we're supposed to get a jump on them. It's top of the first. And, um, and then it was just on, because we're like, whoo, you know, we're playing relaxed, loose, you know, 
<coughs> the girls were the better athletes, so we've got them in the infield. The guys are out there just shagging balls or just keeping doubles to singles, keeping triples to doubles, you know. Don't let balls get through. Um, the third play that happened that day was just icing on the cake. We were up, and we were most likely going to win, and they had someone on first base, and they had a guy launch a ball into left field. I'm sorry, they were at bat. We were in the field. They had a guy launch a ball into left field. And I remember thinking, well, that's a two-run shot, but we're still okay. Mike Ferris was playing left field, and he came forward early. He took a couple steps early once the ball was hit. And you're like, oh, great. He wasn't going to catch it before. Now he's really not going to get it. And because the ball hit the bat, he came forward, and you could, you could hear him swear. You could see and hear him just go, F, you know. And everyone's watching this ball sail. And Mike turns around and runs away from us, runs away from the dugout. I'm in the dugout with, I think, Travis and Stevie, um, just because they've already played, and we're in the late innings, I think. And I had to kind of rotate those guys with Josh Frey, Kevin McNeil, my brother, and John McKeon. And, yeah, I think McKeon and Lucero were in the dugout with me. Yeah, and Feeney was out there, McNeil, Frey, Ferris, and my brother. Okay, and the five girls. Anyway... Mike turns around after coming forward, and he goes into a dead sprint facing the other way. And at the last second, I'm smiling right now telling you this, as the ball is about to pass him, he throws his arm up to make the catch in a dead sprint. And the guys in the dugout, we're going nuts. We're hopping on, we're hugging on each other. We're the only three guys in there. Um, those guys are probably in there to calm my nerves. But we were jumping on the fence, hugging, rolling on the dugout floor. And the other team's devastated. They're like, well, what do we got to do? to get one through the runner on first was almost a third or maybe even rounded third um as i would have been i was like this ball's gone i'm gonna start heading for home and there there was either one out or no outs because mike stops after the catch so the catch and the momentum takes him even further toward that back wall he launches the ball back to first and my brother dennis at short and i don't know if there was a relay i'm gonna have to confer with dennis on this but we doubled the guy off at first. Like the person got doubled off at first on this long hit. You have to get doubled off at first for, for someone going that far away from the ball. You have to really have your head in your ass. So just to add humiliation and dominance, um, he doubles him off at first. Uh, and it was either two outs or the inning was over, but we're going crazy. And again, icing on the cake. And they're like, we can't even have the consolation Kurt Bavakwa home run, you know. And we, again, we didn't even need our last ups. It was glorious. Uh, I think I was nervous going into the game for the championship until I saw someone on the other team smoking in their dugout before the game. And I thought, I'm not losing to someone who's smoking in the dugout in the daytime. Um, and that's when, like, pretentiousness might work in your favor. I was just like, yeah, I'm not losing to casual smokers. Like, I don't smoke. Nobody on my team smoke. I mean, they might smoke when they drink or something. But this guy's smoking without drinking. I'm not losing to that on principle. Like, that means he's out of shape or he's old or, or, or doesn't care about his body. So, anyway, um, long sidebar. This whole episode, maybe this whole episode is sidebar. This episode was supposed to be about me rear-ending someone, and it's about softball from 97. But everything just fell into place that summer, you guys. We were all at home from college. We all wanted to play. Uh, we each had friends on the team. You know, my sister runs into the Bickert girls from El Toro somehow. and uh, And it was game on season on championship on um god man we when we came roaring back just to make the playoffs after losing like seven straight games i was just happy we made the playoffs 
And I remember Travis Lucero and I were driving somewhere the weekend before the playoffs started because we just clinched. So we must have just won the play-in or something or just made, were made eligible for the play-in. And I said, man, I don't even care what happens now. I'm just satisfied. We came roaring back, made it a season, and now we're in the playoffs. And he said, oh, no. He said, we're taking the whole thing. You know, let's take the cheese, just like Animal House. And now let's take the cheese. <clears throat> and when they awarded us the plaque at the end of the championship game, they had the wrong team name on there. And the ump was like, yeah, nobody expected this. Um, which is true. I guess word had gotten out about our team, which undoubtedly so, rightfully so. But he said the league could have the name changed for us if we wanted, and we said absolutely not. Let this be a lesson to people near and far, you know, not to count their chickens before they hatch. Uh, so we did it, and we gave it to our sponsor, Janie Ferris of the Juice Stop, and it hung on the walls in the Juice Stop there in Aliso Viejo. Um, I remember after the game, some dude from the other team was like, "We're just so you know, we're going to protest this game, just so you know. And uh, it was because our buddy Josh Furhey's mom had come in to pitch, and she wasn't on the original roster. It was hilarious. Um, and Feeney and McKeon, one of those two guys, was like, what are you going to protest this for, being fucking awesome? Which I don't know if you can pr protest for that, but uh, it definitely sounds like something both of them would do. Uh, but it was crazy. My parents were thrilled. They came to every game. My mom was coming off breast cancer. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, long story short, that's why you make the drive with her for six hours multiple times a year or to, to um, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, 18 hours away. Um, that's why you do it, okay, for her. Because it's good memories, so many good ones. Um, where are we? I, I've got to be. Are we? This is the longest one we've had. Yeah, I'm at 33. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Turning 50. Um, we'll talk about that more next week. All right. Cool. Guys, Keen on Things podcast at Keen of Comedy. Thanks for listening. Um, Tuesday, September 13th at Patty's Station in San Juan Capistrano, right off the train tracks, right at the station there. P-A-D-D-Y-S, not Patty's with a T, but Patty's Station. Um, and then I'm doing cruise ships in the second half of October. Keen on Things, subscribe. Keen of Comedy on all the uh, social media platforms. Um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll do this again, guys. We'll do this again. I will see you next week. If I can turn this thing off, that'd be amazing. Um, there we go. All right. Bye. Love you.